Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Positively Track is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon, including Jim Stoffel, Joyce Marin, Carl Morris, and associate producer William Smith. Visit patreon.com slash positively track to help support the podcast. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, shout outs, associate producer credits, and more. Thank you for your support and keep trekking. Here we are on a beautiful spring day, all ready to talk about Star Trek here on the Positively Trek podcast. I'm Dan Gunther, and with me, as always, is, of course, Bruce Gibson. Bruce, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm springing with excitement to talk to you today. Absolutely. And there's, of course, as usual, lots to talk about in the Star Trek universe. We have uh, some interesting news stories today. To start out with some news from the Strange New World set, not necessarily good news, but we'll get to that. We also have a couple of products coming out soon, one of which is coming this week. We'll talk a little bit about that. And then finally, we have some comments from Alex Kurtzman in a recent interview that I really, I'm really eager to talk to you about, Bruce. So we'll kind of do that after the main news stuff. But I'm, I'm really curious to get your take on this news story from Alex Kurtzman. Yes, I'm very anxious to talk about that. I've read some of what he said, and I read the whole Variety article that it's from. All right, excellent. Well, first of all, though, we do, like I said, have some news from the Strange New World set. They're currently in production in Toronto, shooting that new series, and there's still a pandemic on. And I know like we're we're over a year into this, and it's kind of easy to forget, but there are still a lot of knock-on effects from the COVID-19 pandemic that uh, are affecting that production. And apparently, uh, some of the crew of Strange New Worlds, the -the behind-the-scenes crew, have had to go into quarantine after a guest actor tested positive for the COVID-19 virus. Uh, And this particular actor, who's not named, we don't know who they are or anything like that, uh, they were caught with the testing protocols before interacting with kind of the cast at large and stuff. So I, I think it's kind of easy to forget that this is still an ongoing concern and that these these precautions really are there for a purpose. Yeah, it, it's like, it's good because they're taking those precautions, right? Because the last thing we want is for anybody to get really sick and really have some kind of serious issues with it. And also we don't want production to be delayed, right? Selfishly, we don't want that to happen. But at the same time, I kept thinking about this actor and I'm thinking, imagine, and of course, like you said, we don't know who this person is, but just imagine that this person is in Vancouver and is like, I got a part in Star Trek. I am so psyched. I'm so excited. And I've gotten through the last year without getting COVID. I'm sure it'll be fine when I get there to Toronto. And then that person gets there and they find out, oh, I've got COVID oh no, now I can't be on Star Trek. And you're hoping, you know, like maybe they'll recast this person, maybe not. 
But that actor's got to be worried. Number one, I hope I get through COVID okay. And number two, I hope I get to go on Star Trek. Yeah, it's it's definitely very unwelcome news for that individual, of course. And yeah, my heart goes out to them and their family. And contract tracing is currently underway to find out who they've been in contact with and all that sort of stuff. So this this news story is from a few days ago. So hopefully that's all been uh, figured out and wrapped up now. But yeah, not a fun thing to have to deal with. Definitely uh, putting a damper both on your current career as well as hopefully not really affecting the rest of your life too much. And this shouldn't affect anything in production for the release of the series. That's still on schedule. And this series, Strange New Worlds, is on a different stage and everything from Discovery. So that has no impact on discovery. So yeah, I hope uh, everything works well for this actor and that they come out of this. Okay. And anybody else that this person's been in contact with, everything works out. Okay. And uh, this is just the reality of what we're in right now, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's, it's unfortunate, but you got to think though, they've done really well up really to this point, you know, so it's not like this happens all that often. Their protocols seem to have been working. Yeah. And that's the real takeaway from this is that the, the system in place worked in this case, you know, to find this person, it's much better to be able to identify this rather than, you know, not know that this is happening and have, you know, the entire production struck down by the virus or something like that. So yeah, no delays in production. And as this article says, even if there had been a delay, I likely wouldn't uh, have really delayed the release of the series, which is set to come out next year. So yeah, good news ultimately in that it worked, but uh, definitely unfortunate for the individual in, in question. Yeah, and good news that the sets are big enough that people probably are six feet apart regardless. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, if it was the TOS Enterprise set, that might be a different story, but they've got a lot of space there on the soundstage. (laughs) Yeah, they certainly do. I can't wait to see the new bridge. I I mean, I'm just assuming, I think I've heard that the bridge has been done a little differently from what we've seen in Discovery. Yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm really curious to see all the aspects. There's been some interesting comments made by people recently about the production design on Strange New World saying like it's it's similar to what we saw in Discovery, but they have been changing some things, including costuming and that sort of thing, and really modeling that on the 60s aesthetic of Star Trek. So that kind of retro future look that Star Trek's so good at at some points. So I'm really curious to see that. Do you think we'll see mini skirts? I mean, we saw scants in TNG, maybe mini skirt on a guy, you know? I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I mean, we did see the skirt on some of the Enterprise crew members in Discovery. Lieutenant Non had the skirt variant of the uniform. Not quite as mini as the ones from the 60s, but still that same idea. So I, I think there'll be a nice variety of uniforms. I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, I'd like to see a variety of uniforms. I like that idea. Or even like that green tunic that Kirk used to wear. Hmm. Something like that. I hadn't thought of that. That's an interesting thought though as well, yeah. Well, moving on now to a couple of products that have been announced, uh, one of which is uh, going to be coming out in a while, not right away, but uh, you can order it on pre-order right now, is the Blu-ray and DVD set for Star Trek Discovery Season 3. And I'm pretty excited about this. There's, there's some kind of weirdness surrounding its presence online at the moment, though, because I have an article from Trek Movie talking about the release and showing the standard release cover. 
But Bruce, you and I both remember a post on Trek Core detailing the main, the normal release as well as the Steelbook release. And we can find those images from Google image search, but the article seems to be missing off of trekcore.com. Yeah, I don't know if the link is broke and maybe it's fixed by the time everybody's listening to this or they were told to take it down. But the thing is, when you go to Trek Core, you don't see a brief synopsis of that article to click on and then the links broke. I mean, it's removed totally. So I have a feeling somebody came up and said, hey, uh, that steel book is not, we're not wanting that out yet or something. I don't know, but we've seen it, Dan. We've seen it. We have seen it and it looks gorgeous. Uh, so hopefully that can uh, come up for pre-order again soon. What's interesting is they have a link here in the Trek movie article for a pre-order on Amazon, uh, but the release date has not yet been announced. So this is very early to see this pop up. Usually there's a release date announced and then you kind of see this come up. So I know there's something weird going on with this release as far as uh, the marketing for it anyway. But uh, yeah, it's currently up for $44.99 pre-order on Amazon, the Blu-ray set, and $39.99 for the DVD set. But again, no release date yet. So I'm, I'm curious about this. Yeah, and as I'm looking at the trekmovie.com article, it does state that pre-order links are now available live on Amazon. That's the second sentence in the article, which sounds to me as if they didn't receive a press release about this, possibly, mm -hmm. that they just, somebody discovered it, somehow got released onto Amazon. But then again, now that I'm looking at the image of the case for this Blu-ray, I can see the side part of it which I can't see on Amazon. So that image did come from somewhere else. I don't know. You would think they would have mentioned a release date if they're putting it out there. Yeah, it is strange. And and the article does say CBS Home Entertainment has given us the box art. I'm not sure if that's just the way they're phrasing it as far as the box art is out there or if CBS actually did get in contact with them and give them some of the key art for the release. So I'm yeah, I'm not sure what that's about. Yeah, but we'll see. We know we're going to get it. So we just don't know when, but it's coming. It's mm -hmm. coming. Yeah, I'm excited about this. I, I do want to order that steel book, so I haven't pre-ordered this yet. Like I said, those details will be more readily available again soon. Yeah, I just want all the special features. I want, I, And I hope there's some commentaries on there. Yeah, here, here. Well, another product that is uh, being released this week, actually, on Wednesday, April 21st, is... Uh, the first season edition of the Star Trek Picard trading cards from Rittenhouse Archives. And these are pretty cool. I've just kind of started getting into collecting Star Trek cards again from my youth. So I'll have a link to kind of the main page over at Rittenhouse of these products. They're sold out as far as box sets and binders go, but you can buy the base set there. On April 21st, I'm sure these will be widely available wherever people buy trading cards. It's been a long time, so I don't actually know exactly where that is, but uh, your local shops as well as online. And uh, you have this trading card set looks really cool they have cards for each of the episodes as well as a whole bunch of insert sets and of course the thing that everybody chases with these the autograph cards of the various people involved in front of the camera on star trek picard so bruce any plans to take up trading card collecting at some point <laughs> no 
<laughs> no, I, I, yeah, no, I'm just, I don't get into trading cards. I used to, you know, get trading cards when I was a kid. Let's see, I had, wait, oh, wait, and I still have them, by the way, but I don't have like the full collection, but I, I think I do have some, yeah, I have some Star Trek The Motion Picture trading Ooh. cards when that movie came out. I remember oh, wow. I have those. I have $6 million man trading cards. I have a bunch of Star Wars ones from all the original trilogy when each of those movies came out at the time. And I have Good Times trading cards, the TV sitcom Good Times. Dynamite! Yeah, I have those <laughs> trading cards too. Uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting something else. But yeah, but I don't, I don't do those now. But I still have my old set of cards from I, I need to pull out the motion picture ones. I haven't looked at those in forever. Yeah, I well, like I said, I just kind of started getting back into this. Rittenhouse Archives has been doing some really cool trading cards over the past few years. These ones look really neat. There's, like I said, a whole bunch of different insert sets. I've actually gone ahead and purchased a case. So I will be doing an opening on my YouTube channel at some point, And I'm sure I'm going to have lots of doubles and, and crazy stuff that I'll be putting up for sale on my eBay page and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, the insert sets look really cool. I like this one. There's a five card set of the hollow crew of La Serena. So it's just like five cards of the same guy, but the different holograms. I kind of want, I kind of want to make that set. <laughs> I love that. That one I would want. Yes. Yeah. Look for that on my YouTube channel. I'm not sure when I'll be getting them. I have them on order. Like I said, they're available Wednesday, the 21st. I have no idea how long it will take to come up to where I live, but uh, yeah, keep an eye out for that. Yeah. And it's sad too, because you said, oh, wherever you buy your training cards, wherever those would be. An example is, you know, of course, comic shops. And I know with COVID, uh, it's really hit that industry, especially when yeah. one of the largest distributors, I think it's Diamond Comics or whatever, that, you know, they, they start, stop delivering, they kind of shut things down. And I will say a couple months ago, I drove by the comic store that's closest to me and it wasn't there anymore. There was a whole nother oh, business man. in that space. I don't know if they moved but I'm assuming they probably closed down. And I was like, dang, that was the closest one to me. And I don't know about the others that are in my local area. I haven't gone to check those out, but it's discouraging because when you do want to go to a comic book store and get these or Star Trek comics and other things, Star Trek related or other franchise related, it's, it's going to be harder. It's all going to probably be online. Yeah. It's really sad to see the brick and mortar places kind of, uh, really suffering from this Buy local as much as you can. I know it's hard these days, you know, online and Amazon and all of that, you know, some of those local businesses really do need your help. So some of my favorite places are those comic book shops too. And I'm just curious, I can go it now, but free comic book day is usually in May, early May. That's right. Yeah. And so I'm just curious if that's even going on. Uh, it looks like, yeah, in the United States, May 1st, Saturday, May 1st, it's free comic book day. So yeah, get out to your comic book stores on that day. Well, the final bit of news that we want to talk about are some recent comments by Alex Kurtzman. And uh, the headline on trekmovie.com is Star Trek Universe TV head Alex Kurtzman says line between movies and television is gone. And this is an interesting article. And I, I see a lot of people commenting online who I don't think actually read the article because... As soon as they see the name Alex Kurtzman, they fly into a rage and start spouting out a bunch of stuff. But anyway, all of the stuff they say that he says in this article are not things that he says. So 
Uh, this is a really interesting kind of perspective on how the television and movie, those universes have become blurred in the Star Trek universe. And I, I, th- I think that's a, that's a really interesting take. What did you think of this when you read it? Well, like I said, I read the whole Variety article, and it does focus a lot on Star Trek, but other IPs as well. And that's really the purpose of the article is talk about how things have changed with these properties that there was the movie end of things and there was the TV end of things, but now they're kind of working with each other. And I I mean, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I'm fine if there's a movie, a Star Trek movie that comes out that isn't necessarily connected to what we're getting on Paramount plus or Netflix or whatever. That's fine. But it makes sense. It'd be great too, that they are somehow interconnected in some way because one plays off the other. I mean, it really Mm -hmm. gets to the fact that these studios have had these movie properties, but at the same time, when it came with television, it was like a whole different type of animal that they had to deal with. But now that they are developing these apps where it's direct to consumer and they're trying to get people to subscribe and pay for the content into these services, then you've got to put some premium content into it. And to make it look theatrical, look cinematic. And that's what, of course, CBS All Access did when they launched Star Trek Discovery. And that's what we're seeing with these other apps, too, and doing revivals and things. So it's got to be things that are familiar to people that want to go and pay for these services. And then you want to get them to stick. And we've seen it with Star Wars. We've seen it with Marvel. We're seeing it with Star Trek, on and on and on. It makes sense that these shows are being produced more cinematic And therefore, if you're going to make content for the cinema, they're kind of all kind of blurred together in a sense, production wise. And so if if people are watching something on an app, then they're more likely to go see a movie somehow connected to this content in the theater and vice Mm -hmm. versa. People go to the theater, they see a movie. Oh, I want to get the app and subscribe to watch this content to get more. I, I, I mean, I think it's great. And it makes a lot of sense to me. It's what the comic book industry has really been doing for years. Yeah, it just makes business sense. I mean, the Marvel example, I think, is a great one because a few years ago, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe was happening in the theaters and they had a bunch of television shows as well that had links. There there were certain links to, to various things, but for the most part, they kind of did their own thing, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You didn't need to watch that to understand something in a film and vice versa. You didn't need to watch a particular film to understand the characters in, in that show or, you know, even things further removed like Jessica Jones or Daredevil or anything like that. And now what they've done, I'm right in the middle of watching uh, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier right now. And of course, WandaVision wrapped up a few weeks ago as well. And those ones very much like I'm not going to give anything away. You don't come to Positively Trek for Marvel MCU spoilers. But, you know, the end of WandaVision, there's there's a thing that connects directly to a movie coming out later, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And like they're so directly linked and, and tied together and Falcon and the winter soldier, same thing directly connects to a bunch of Marvel movies, civil war, kind of a big one that in, in that arena, it just makes perfect sense. The goal is to get butts in seats, both in front of the TV, subscribing to your, your service and in the theater to watch the next big blockbuster. And it just makes sense that star Trek would do that as well. And 
we know there's a film coming in 2023. That's the plan anyway. And I don't know that this is the same film, but they've tapped Kalinda Vazquez, a television writer who's written for Short Treks and Discovery, to write that film. So that to me signals, I think, they're they're working towards this more tied together thing, as well as, of course, what Kurtzman says in this interview that... You know, the writing's on the wall. I think we're going to see a convergence of those two universes much more so than we have in the past. Yeah, and it's not so much about franchises. It's just that whole blur of how the studios are producing content. You know, mm-hmm. there was the TV side of the business and there was the movie side of the business. And it's really those two sides of the business are starting to communicate and work together more. There's certain studios that I've talked to with people internally that have said, oh, we never knew what those other guys were doing, but now we have more one, you know, meetings, regular meetings that were more in sync with with each other. And so you have to think also how your TV looks now compared to over a decade ago. It's yeah. more cinematic, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And you can put your surround sound speakers or sound bar or whatever with it. And it's more of that rectangle widescreen look. And it's HD. It's 4K. I mean, so we're replicating that cinematic feel. And so you want to make large cinematic content for it. It starts to blur with the cinema, which the cinema is always like, and this has been years there's kind of this thing like, well, what makes this different from television? You know, back when televisions first came out, they were these square black and white things. Well, the picture screen was also square. It was the same dimensions. But then they said, oh, what if we made widescreen in the cinema? We get You get more picture. And, oh, we can do more color movies. You know, it was like anything to kind of outdo television. And that's what's even going on in cinemas today. We have 3D. How many times do you see a movie come out? And in 3D, you can go see it or IMAX, or some big screen like that. Oh, and now we'll bring food to you. You know, it's not just popcorn and candy. We're going to bring you full meals and beer and wine and desserts, and all kinds of yeah. things. And these cushy chairs that lean back. You know, Theaters are always going to be there. They're not going to go away. But uh, they're, they're going to play off of each other. They're going to complement each other, the TV screen and the cinema screen. And I remember, like, the the mindset was always you put the money into the movie and spend a ton on the movie. And the TV shows, they're just kind of, they're cheaper. You know, you just kind of churn them out. They're a little less expensive. I'm definitely noticing a change there where they're putting the money into television as well. And even just that move from having 26 episodes a season down to 10 to 15, there's more money per episode in that and it really shows like they're really striving to be cinematic like you say on the television screen both like you were saying in the format of it but also in the way it looks and and what the resources they're putting into it yeah i mean just look at the original series and compare it to the production value value of discovery and look Mm -hmm. at in between you can see the evolution even from the first season of tng to the last season of enterprise you know you can see the evolution there television started off a little cheaper. Well, I shouldn't say that. Movies came before television, of course, and the movie studios grew. Then television came later. So they were behind studios in the revenue that they were generating for themselves. So if you look back to the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, you know, things look a little cheaper because they didn't have the money. But then as those networks grew and started to 
acquire more wealth and they can invest more money into production, then you're starting to see things turn out a little more cinematic. For example, in the 80s, when Moonlighting came to the screen, people were going on how this new series called Moonlighting it looks like something you'd see in a movie theater. I remember people talking about like it looks like a looks like a movie, you know, and they were trying to do it that way. They're trying to replicate the feel of movies because at that same time, people were bringing movies home from video stores. And now television was competing with the video stores. So we have to look more cinematic on TV. So there's just that evolution of one competing with the other. And now it's gotten to a point that instead of competing with each other, because now we as these studios own both, we can complement them and make mm -hmm. them play off of each other so that the TV makes you want to go to the cinema and the cinema makes you want to come to the TV. And so yeah. that's where we are. And it has nothing to do with Alex Kurtzman. If Alex Kurtzman said, hey, make the movie something totally different, a different universe of Star Trek, the studio would say, no, 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 no. We want this all kind of interconnected. And we've seen even on the publishing side, more interconnection of working teams working together with Kirsten Beyer now being on the TV side of thing, who used to be a novelist, all of a sudden is now working with Simon Schuster and the comics at IDW to make sure that those are interconnected with what's going on, on the screen. So now we're seeing more interplay on the publishing side with what's going on the screen. Absolutely. So I want to ask you then, Bruce, just as a matter of personal preference, how do you see the next film going and the films going forward? Do you want them really, really tightly in interconnected? Like you have to watch this show to be able to watch this movie and this movie has an important plot point that's going to carry through into this show? Or would you like to see them completely separate 100% like we have with the Kelvin timeline? Or something in between where there's some interconnectedness for the like, you know, the discerning viewer can be like, ooh, ooh, that's the thing from that episode or whatever. But it's not really necessary to have to be able to follow the story. I think that's the only way it could work is to have it that it's not too tightly connected to what's on screen. I mean, you can watch The Falcon and the Winter Soldier without ever seeing another Marvel movie. You can enjoy that. And you can watch anything from Marvel in the cinema without being lost because you didn't watch something on Disney Plus. And the same thing with Star Wars. But I mean, some connection, you know, but not so heavily connected that if I took my family to the cinema, they're going to sit there and watch it and say, I was so lost. I wasn't knowing what was going on. And then I'd have to explain in the car. Oh, well, you see, if you had watched Discovery, you would have known. I mean, we don't need to get <laughs> it gets too complicated. If it's me personally, I'd be fine with that because I watch everything, but mm -hmm. I know it wouldn't work for everybody. But at the same time, I kind of want the whatever happens on the cinema screen, that that is its own thing and not so tightly connected to Discovery or Picard or Lower Decks for that matter, whatever it is. But there is some kind of connection there that there's little things in there. I'm like, oh, you know what? That kind of plays off that Discovery episode or, oh, now we know why, you know, just little things like that. Mm -hmm. What about you? What would you like to see? I think I'm, yeah, somewhere in the happy medium as well. You know, things that I have a friend who, who puts it as rewards for the people who have stuck with everything. Like, you know, not big in your face Easter eggs that like take you out of the story, but just little rewards that if you've been paying attention, 
you're like, oh, that's that from that thing. And that connects that way. Oh, that makes you just another layer of understanding for someone who has put in the time kind of thing. I like that. But also you don't want to alienate newcomers and put them off and, and make them confused kind of thing. So, yeah, I think a happy medium is definitely the way to go. But that's what we're also seeing on these TV properties right now. I mean, there's some little connections. You see little crossovers between Picard and Discovery and even Lower Decks. But you're not going to be lost watching Picard if you never watch Discovery and vice versa. Exactly. Yeah. Which brings me to another aspect of this article that I found really interesting which is uh, Kurtzman giving details about how the various Star Trek shows have started to work closer together. And he's apparently been doing monthly showrunners meetings between all the different shows so that, uh, you know, they can see what the other shows are doing and what's being utilized on them. And uh, the way he says it is we make sure that those showrunners are coordinating so that they're not stepping on each other's toes. I think that's great. I like that. And and we've seen things come from that kind of tighter coordination. Like you said, little uh, connections between the shows. When the Coat Milat from Star Trek Picard showed up in Discovery, that was something that I was thrilled about. And just little things like that, I think, are really smart and really make this feel like a cohesive universe. Yeah, and I love that. That piece right there. It's just, it's exciting as fans we get to see that. But again... Anybody who doesn't watch one of those other series then also isn't necessarily lost. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it perks enough interest and, well, you know, I want to know more about that. And someone says, oh, well, that was in Discovery or that was in Picard. And then they say, oh, well, maybe I should watch that series, you know? And exactly. so it creates that synergy and that interest. It also kind of reminds me again back to Simon Schuster with the novels. You know, we have Christopher L. Bennett writing stories in Star Trek Enterprise, but then there's things in there that have been used or connected with novels that were being written in the 24th century. So, you know, even the Vanguard line that was done in the 23rd century has been referenced and used aspects of and stuff in other novels that don't take place during that time. So even those authors have that show of respect and understanding not to step on each other's toes and understand what each other is doing and then you have the editors there that are kind of keeping that reined in and controlled and give them a little maybe you want to put this in here maybe you want to acknowledge that novel over there and it's not so much always about continuity but just getting those little tidbits of things from elsewhere and seeing ways that maybe you can incorporate that into your story building on the mythos of this whole franchise And I mean, I know like the ultimate goal of any industry is to make money and that sort of thing and and I think this is an important part of doing that is making this all cohesive and rewarding your longtime viewers and, and that sort of thing. But also, like we said, not alienating new new viewers. And ultimately, I think the goal for any entertainment juggernaut like Star Trek is, is to craft good stories. So, you know, if you can craft amazing stories that fit jigsaw like into other stories that make your wider universe more whole and cohesive, I think all the better. So 
some really cool news. Some I'm really excited personally for the future of Star Trek. I think the last five years or so have just really been this building avalanche of amazing stories that are going to continue forward. And I don't know why I chose a, an instrument of destruction for my metaphor there. That was not my intent. I'm really excited about all the Star Trek to come. Yeah, I hope they're not destroyed. I hope there is no destruction on them. But, you know, you know what we're talking about, too, again, it shouldn't require everyone to see everything. You know, because mm-hmm. the, you know, I've heard people say things about other stuff where they say, well, I shouldn't have to read that book to know what's going on in that movie or I shouldn't have to watch this. Each thing needs to be on its own. It needs to stand on its own. It can interconnect. It can reference one another, but not to the point that you're lost in the story if you don't watch the other. Absolutely. I mean, how many times if anybody has read comic books, how frustrating it will be that you're following a certain line, let's say a Spider-Man title and you're watching it and all of a sudden you're lost because he's referring to all these things that went on and now this stuff is happening. You don't know why it's like, Oh, because that was in Avengers number whatever, which also played off of something in defenders, whatever, which played off of Hulk, whatever. And you're like, I shouldn't have to read all these things to know what's going on in the Spider-Man comic. And I'm so lost now because I had to read those to know what's going on here. It shouldn't happen that way because that will really frustrate fans. And that will start to alienate people, the more common viewer, because then they'll be so lost that they don't want to watch the show because they don't know what's going on. That's why if it's in the movie theater, it's got to kind of stand on its own. That's why I like about now the Kelvin universe, because Picard does play off of the Kelvin universe. So it does feel like it's interconnected. But again, you can watch one without the other. Yeah. Each one gives enough of the story to catch you up, really, to what's happening. So that's a that's a really good point. So here's my concern, though, Dan. Let me ask you this. What about the future? I mean, we're talking about today. What's it going to look like 10 years from now, 20 years from now? Are we still going to get all this Star Trek content, are we going to be sitting here in 20 years saying that there are 30 Star Trek titles in an app that we can watch? At some point, is this bubble going to burst? And is that going to be the destruction that you kind of alluded to in a sense before? (laughs) Oh, no. That's a sad question. I... mm. Don't don't make me confront this right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I'm not even talking so much about Star Trek, but any of these Marvel, Mm -hmm. Star Wars, whatever. I mean, at some point you can only do so much without having to take a break and maybe start over. That's a good point. Nikki and I, as a little sidebar, have been doing a very slow rewatch of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And we started like in 2018 and just very slowly. We're not we're not anywhere. We kind of just picked it up again recently. But I updated this spreadsheet that I have for all the projects that are coming out. So this is what I have for Marvel's phase four. WandaVision 2021, Falcon and the Winter Soldier 2021, Loki, Black Widow, What If, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Eternals, Hawkeye, Miss Marvel, Spider-Man No Way Home. 2021. That's all 2021. That's crazy. (laughs) That's insane. Yeah. And I'm excited to watch all of these things and experience them. And same with Star Trek, Star Trek Picard, Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek Lower Decks, Star Trek Prodigy, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Star Trek whatever the unannounced thing is, Star Trek movie in 2023 and probably other movies every couple of years after that, hopefully. But it's a lot. And 
it's going to be not too long before old Star Trek, wherever you draw that line after Star Trek Enterprise, let's say anything before that is old Star Trek. The new Star Trek is going to vastly outnumber that. So yeah, that bubble bursting, I think is a bit of a fear. And part of me just says like, let's just enjoy it while we can and enjoy it now. But yeah, part of me also does look to that future and go like, is this sustainable? Uh, I hope so. I hope we get new voices and new people coming in and telling new Star Trek stories and new Marvel stories and whatever. But it's something that I don't want to examine too closely because, yeah, it, it does feel like there's a possible bubble burst at some point. I think the success that Star Trek can have is the fact that it has proven that it does not have to focus on certain series and characters before. I mean, we saw mm-hmm. the Kelvin Timeline movies that went back to recasting Kirk, Spock, and McCoy and the rest of the crew, but we've seen success in a different crew on a different ship from TNG to Voyager to Deep Space Nine, Enterprise, et cetera, et cetera. And we've got so many centuries that we can play with that you never really have to go back and do a series that involves Kirk. You don't have to go back and do a series that involves Picard, even though we have, and even though we're doing Strange New Worlds going back to pike you can move beyond that when i think of franchises like marvel i mean they've got a whole bunch of different heroes and characters they can play with but a lot of them really aren't all that well known and it can be argued well now they can be but do you just abandon iron man for the rest of the franchise because iron man's done robert downey jr will get too old and all this other stuff i mean you'll never go back to that you've got to be able to go back to spider-man to iron man to all these others at some point so those require some kind of reboot right a reimagining now we can have iron lad though (laughs) exactly (laughs) like and like aqua lad instead of aquaman you know But yeah, at some point, all these things aren't going to be interconnected in the same, quote, universe. There'll be different, quote, timelines, you know, or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. I mean, we've had just in the past couple decades, what, three different types of Spider-Man movies? And there's no explanation (laughs) of how they're connected and if they are connected in any way of any type of universe or whatever. And I don't feel like they need to be. They're just different Spider-Man movies. But as we're talking about today, where everything needs to be interconnected to make this work, you're going to have to break that at some point. And to me, in order to break it, you pause, you give it a break, and then you start over again. But then you almost have to classify all these past Star Trek series when you go into the app and you see a list of 30 series, whatever it would be, and say, (laughs) well, this is kind of like that other universe and this is the newer one you know it's it's like comics you know again going back to that there's all these different eras and we're going to probably get to that point different eras of star trek it's going to be interesting not just again on star trek but any of these ips well like i said i think the ultimate goal is to craft good stories and as long as they can keep doing that i'm not too bothered about the form that star trek takes as long as like i said the storytelling is good and interesting and compelling I'll be there. So uh, I look forward to these future iterations of Star Trek, whatever they look like, when they they have to shift first contact further into the future because 
you know, it's that time now or, you know, the eugenics wars, World War Three, all that stuff where it really starts messing with the actual timeline of the real world and stuff. So Khan in 1996, we just don't really talk about that too much anymore. <laughs> no, we don't. Yeah. If you notice any time they refer to the eugenic wars on anything like an enterprise, they don't mention a year or when it was. It was just yeah. something that had happened in the past, you know. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm fine. If we get to a point that we have to kind of reboot or have, you know, new continuity or whatever you want to call it, you know, I, I'm, I'm fine with it, to your point, as long as it's good Star Trek storytelling. I think the newer Battlestar Galactica is better well-written and produced than the older one from the 70s. And I think I've heard that they're talking about, or maybe they're already working on a new Battlestar Galactica that's like the third version of this. And that's yeah. what happens with big franchises all the way, you know, going back to even things like Sherlock Holmes or Tarzan or whatever. I mean, we're, we can't keep it all in the same universe. I mean, maybe we can with Star Trek, you know, in the same continuity, I should say. Maybe we can with Star Trek, but others it will be more difficult. And if those others can't keep it all in the same timeline or the same continuity and people get used to reboots in this manner that we're talking about on these apps and in movie theaters, then paramount may look at and go it may be time for us to do the same as those others with star trek so i'm just saying it's not anytime soon but someday we have to be prepared for it well regardless of whatever form future star trek takes we will be here to talk about it on positively trek so uh, bruce when you're not discussing star trek here on the podcast where can people find you I'm on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex. I'm on Instagram at Admiral Rex. And you can also find me occasionally on the Star Wars Report podcast. I just did a recent episode. And I'm also on a recent episode of Literary Treks that is either out or coming out soon. Right on. You can find me on Twitter as well. I'm at Kurtrats, K-E-R-T-R-A-T-S, youtube.com slash Kurtrats Productions. And you can find me in the Positively Trek discussion group on Facebook. You can also reach Positively Trek at PositivelyTrek at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram at Positively Trek. And we have a Goodreads group for our book club episodes. Just search for Positively Trek on Goodreads. We'll let you into that group. We have bookshelves with our upcoming episode books and all kinds of discussions happening there as well. Thank you so much to our Patreon supporters and to our associate producer, William Smith, for all of your help. We really do appreciate it. Thank you again all so much for listening to this week's episode. We'll see you in the next episode. Until then, as always, Bruce, what do we say? Stay positive. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.